0: If you have your Bibles, find your place in Genesis chapter number 1. Again, we've been here for some time in our time together. And again, if you're a guest with us here today, we're honored to have you. Again, please let us know how we can minister to you or help you in any way. We're honored to have you here with our people, First Baptist Church. A few months ago, we started talking about this very important theme of remembering our Creator so we, we heard in Ecclesiastes Solomon say, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. That's the best advice for all of us, for us to learn to remember God as our Creator, as our Redeemer, as our Savior when we're young. But no matter what our age, we're called to remember our Creator. So that's what we're doing these days, um, walking our way through the early chapters of Genesis. While you're finding your place in Genesis there, I want to remind you of what we've talked about already. We've we've said this already as we've looked at Genesis chapter 1. First of all, God Almighty created all things for His glory. So the creation of all things from nothing are, are are the act of God as a result of His own glory. Creation glorifies God. All the ways in which it is All the ways in which creation is seen, all of the order of creation, the natural order of things, everything God has put in place from nothing now is in existence and it is to His glory. We learn and understand more of the glory of God when we understand and observe what He has created. That includes all of us who are here today, us human beings who are occupying this building or who hear my voice today. We also talked about the fact that God Almighty creates all things completely. And so we have this order in Genesis chapter 1. We have six literal days and we have this week of creation, which ends in the glorious seventh day of Sabbath. But we have six days of God creating and it's in order and there's nothing missing. God said, we saw this repeatedly. We saw this phrase repeatedly in Genesis 1. God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. You see, when God says it, it's so. That's it. That's done. That's, that's all that it takes. So there is nothing else to be to evolve. There's nothing else to, to come along that God has not created. All of the created order is in place. And all of the created order is complete, including males and females. As we exist, we are, we are made with our limitations. We are made with our days of life. And God has designed us, as we'll talk about in a moment, completely. So we've thought about the Almighty God who creates all things for His glory, how He creates all things uh, completely. And We also talked about something very significant, something we don't always think about, and that is there's beauty in God's creation. All of creation uh, reveals the, the magnificent beauty of God. To see the beauty of God in His perfections that is in his divine power in his word in his it, it, the creativity of creation shows us the beauty of God in his own nature and we come to understand as we learn from the new testament that the lord jesus was the the uh, agent of creation the one doing all of these things so we honor the lord jesus as that one who created all things Uh, From the beginning to the end, He is the one, uh, the Lord Jesus, without eternal beginning and without ending, He is our God, He is our Lord. So God Almighty created all things for His glory completely. He created them with beauty. I hope that you see the beauty. Oh, the, the, the ugliness of the world is all around us, but there is the beauty of God that will point you back to a beautiful Creator and Savior. Salvation is a beautiful thing. And we ought to learn as God's people to behold the beauty of the Lord and to worship Him and honor Him with our lives. Well, we also learned last week in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27, we'll read in just a moment again, that God created all human beings, men and women, in the image of God. So every single I want to remind you of this today, with all the warfare troubles and difficulties and all of our opinions and our emotional attitudes toward various kinds of human beings who come from different tribes and nations, remember that every human being alive on the earth today, every human being who has ever lived on the earth, we're all made in the image of God. And we talked in detail last week about what it means and what does it look like for us as male and female to be made, in the image of God. And then today we come to talk about this very important truth that Almighty God, and this will be my focal truth for today, Almighty God created all humans, male and female. Almighty God created all humans, men or women. God created all humans, men or women. So we read now in Genesis chapter 1. God created man in his own image. Let's let's read in verse 26. God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness and let them them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over uh, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female men and women, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He said to men and women, to humans, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, if you'll go to Genesis chapter two, we have a little bit more detail. Verse seven, then the Lord God formed Please notice the word formed, formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Then we read in verse 18, then the Lord God, that is Yahweh God, Yahweh Elohim said, it is not good for the man, the male to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable, that is corresponding to him, for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Notice God brought all of the living creatures to the male to see what he would call them. And whatever the man, the male called a living creature, that was his name, its name. Then man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. For, for Adam, for the male, Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Second time we've read that phrase. Verse 18, I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now we read... And there was not found among all of the living creatures uh, a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he, that is God, took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, fashioned into a female, a woman, the rib which he had taken from the male. And brought her, the woman, to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man, out of the man. For this reason, a man, a male, shall leave his father and mother and be clo- uh, joined to his wife, to a a woman, and that they shall become one flesh. And the man, the male and the female, the man and his wife, or the woman, were both naked and were not ashamed. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today as we celebrate the creation of men and women to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have three observations for you I'd like for us to look at today. And I'm using some very important words to try to lift out of Genesis 1 and 2 what I would want us to remember about the making of human beings, the creating of human beings by God. This will help us as we teach our children and as we deal with our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God made men and women, males and females, specifically and uniquely for each other. My words I've chosen very carefully. Number two, God made men and women, males and females, correspondently and suitably for each other. So we have this uh, man and woman created specifically and uniquely and correspondently and suitably and now God made men and women complementary and exclusively for each other. These, these uh, six verbs help us to understand, I believe, and lift from these words. Uh, what we could, have, we could have picked some others, but these are the, the six words that I'm using to try to highlight, highlight the glory of the creation of man and woman, Adam and Eve. <clears throat> I said this last week as we talked about the image of God. Though sin has come, and we all sin just like Adam sinned, and Eve sinned, uh, we are made in the image of God. And just as though there is sin in the world, we are still, we are still born either men or women. We're either born women or men. And this is, a, this is a very important. We understand the biological functions of how it takes place, but God is greatly involved, greatly involved in uh, the birth of every one of us. You are who you are as a male or a female by the sovereign choice and purpose of God. He made you. You are, you are alive today as a, as a human being, male or female, man or woman in the image of God. So I want us to begin by looking at some very important words. And I again, uh, sometimes we come to these things and we, we, um, we're, we're a little bit loose with these things and we laugh a little bit about people who are confused about these matters of being men or women, but it's not something to laugh about. It's a sad thing to see the the twistedness of what happens with sin and a depraved mind when people uh, have a, a, a confusion about their sexuality. You see, in order for me to glorify God, I must understand that I am a man made in the image of God a sinner who must be saved by the grace of God so that I might glorify God as a saved man. The same is true for every woman in this room today. So I'll say some things today and I'm not looking for to to rouse you up. I'm not looking for I'm not doing these things out of any mockery or I'm I'm saying this is such an important principle. It has to do it has everything to do with parenting, it has everything to do with grandparenting. It has everything to do with the way in which we conduct ourselves in business and in our life and in worship. So these matters are very important and so we don't want to take them lightly today. I would simply say that at the beginning. So I'm I'm going to avoid flippant, silly kinds of comments uh, simply because this is of Great importance for every person who hears my voice today. He created them. Notice in 127, I want you to first of all see how God created or how he made human beings. There's great care by our great God in the making, the creating of men and women. You are, God's focus is quite special toward Men and women. And I want to remind you that we're looking at the glory of Adam and Eve, men and women, before the fall. We'll come to Genesis 3, that, uh, that tragic day when sin came. The day sin came into the world. But we're not there yet. We're looking now at the glory of Adam and Eve prior to their fall. Unbelievable. As one old preacher said, the creation of men and women, male and female, is a hymn of praise to God who made them. When we look at one another, we must pause. We're so used to looking at other human beings. But step back for a moment and realize the glory of Adam and Eve. So, first, notice the phrase, is used, the word is used three times, verse 27. God created. He creates, He shapes. This is the idea of creating. He's creating, He creates man in His own image, in the image of God, verse 27, second phrase, He created him. And the third phrase, male and female, He created them. The emphasis Moses is here trying to make in Genesis 1 is that the creation of man is a direct and a very important work of God. He gives His attention to the making of of humans, male and female. Then you notice in chapter two, verse number number seven, the Lord God formed. Here's another very interesting word. It's not the same word as create, it's a different word, and it has to do with, with design. He designs the man. So I'm standing before you, all the men in this room, here we are, you see the men in this room with our own uniquenesses of our bodies and the way we're made. The, the uniquenesses of our anatomy and all that we are. So the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man, the man, the male became a living being. This is of first order. There's an order here to the creating of men and women. First, God creates the man. He creates him out of the dust of the ground with the uniquenesses of the man, the male anatomy, the male body. Then we read on, verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good for the male to be alone. I will make him, and this becomes a quite important phrase because it's used twice. Uh, I will make him, some of your Bibles say, a a helpmate. The, The idea is a helper suitable, a suitable helper for him. God says, I will make a suitable helper for this man. And then out of the ground, in verse 19, the Lord forms all the beasts of the field. We read the birds and all the rest. And uh, then God brings them to the man and the man names all of these, the male. Adam names all of these creatures and uh, these living creatures. And then notice God says, but to Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. Same phrase used again. Then we read these words that Adam is put to sleep by God in verse 21, and from his side a rib is taken and this magnificent, unbelievable final act of creation is the taking of a rib and the making of a female, of a woman. And we have this word fashioned here. So you have uh, the, the phrase, uh, this phrase, God formed the man, that is, he, he uh, He shaped and designed him. But now you have another word. It's a word that is the word to build. God built women. He built them off of a rib of a man. This is a magnificent, astounding miracle. Women made, designed, built by God with their own unique anatomy, their own unique way of looking. So there is a uniqueness there is, as I'm saying here, a specific, a specific difference between men and women, and also there is a uniqueness of the design of men and women. You say, Pastor Mike, why, why all of this anatomy lesson? Well, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It comes time for us sometimes to remember and to remember what we teach our children. You see, females are specifically designed by God for males. And males are specifically designed by God for females, and God designs their bodies to be unique from one another, and God designs their bodies also to be similar in some ways with each other. We all have eyes, we all have ears, and a nose, and a mouth, and fingers, and and some of things in common, but there are differences in our anatomy made by God. Males and females are specifically designed for different purposes. Males have unique physical masculine abilities and females have unique physical and feminine abilities. This does not take away from either one. This is the design of God that these two, male and female, as we'll see next week, in, in marriage become one flesh. This is so important for us to remember. We have these beautiful words and we'll, we'll think about this more next week, but in the Song of Solomon, in that great, a uh, great uh, book about marriage, we have the husband saying of his wife, "How beautiful you are, my darling." This is a Song of Songs four. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful you are. Your eyes, your teeth, your lips, your neck. He's specific as he looks at the beauty of his wife, her physical beauty, her her teeth, her, her eyes, her lips, her neck. You have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes. And I assure you that this husband, no man has ever said that to a cow. I promise you, no man has ever said that to an alligator. No, this is that beautiful, magnificent, specific uniqueness Of how God designed and put together men and women. It is important for us to understand our biological differences. It is important for us to recognize the way God has made our anatomy. There is no need for the change in that. God made us the way we are, designed our bodies for the purposes that He has for each of us. There is in the glory of God, a need for the male, and there is in the glory of God a need for the female to accomplish the purposes God has created. Secondly, God made males and females correspondently and suitably. Now, I'm using some strange words here, but I'm using trying to really, uh, trying to bring out for you this phrase in chapter two, verse eighteen and verse twenty: suitable helper. You know, I've met some ladies through my my ministry life who somehow thought that was an offensive thing, that they were called a helper. It's not not an insult that you're called the helper. This word to be suitable, to be a suitable helper, it is one word that describes the one who finishes, completes, the one who provides care and comfort and support. It is that man, male, this male that was created was not, it was not good for him to be alone, but he needed the completer. He needed the other, the female, the woman to make him complete. We see it all the time. I go to grandparents' day here uh, with uh, the pre-K and I'm sitting with this uh, three-year-old male uh, grandson and sitting next to us is this three-year-old female woman, little child, this girl, and she's already trying to boss and help this three-year-old male around. That's the way it works. It starts early. You see, God has put us together and we fit perfectly. It's God's design. It's the beauty of the way God made us. God made females suitable to males, and God made males suitable to females. This is the natural way in which we're drawn together. This is why the man says to the woman, you have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes. There is something of power that takes place. There is something of a uniqueness that is only God by God design that we see in the beauty of a a man and a woman uniting and connecting in love relationship that ends in marriage. Females help and care for males. We know it, a bunch of us in this room, thank God for our wives. You ought to thank God for your wife today. You ought to be grateful, she does everything for you and you're spoiled anyway. I just thought I'd get that out. Males help and care for females, they do their part. You wives, thank God for your husband. Quit fussing about it, you know, somebody says, well, I could, if I could just figure out my husband or my wife, forget it, you're not gonna figure them out. God didn't want you to. We are complemented in coming together and being who we are. Males comfort and support females as females do in their most wonderful way, comfort and support. They're not done in the same way, but they're done... according to their own kind, their way. Women have their way, and men have their way. This is important for us because of the days in which we live. God designed that males desire and are attracted to females. This is the natural design of creation, and God designed that females desire and are attracted to males. This is why we have in the law of God and the Word of God and what we have as believers, how we're to treat males and females, and treat one another in relationship to each other. The woman said to her hus- uh, in her longing for her husband in Song of Songs, may he, that pronoun is he, may he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, the female says, for your love is better than wine. And goes on to say, how beautiful you are, my darling, and how handsome you are, my beloved. These are the words that God has given to men and women to speak to each other because there is, as I've said, a specific and unique but corresponding and suitable relationship with one another. I've seen it all of my ministry life. It's very hard and and we have a number of uh, widows and widowers in our church. When the one that God has put you with uh, is gone, It does create a separation and a very hard, hard thing. That's why the church—we have an obligation to our widows and our widowers, who now find themselves again alone. You see, this is the design of God, and then complementary. I must speak of this just a moment. Complementary. Now we come to this phrase. I want to get to it because sometimes it's lost in all of the, all of these things that we we think about with men and women but verse 22 the lord god built the woman by the way fashion means to build to build he took a rib and built a woman how magnificent is god's ability how beautiful women are in their design and the way god made them and then notice he builds the woman verse 22 and then it's a beautiful thing he bring god brought the woman To the the female, to the male. He brought the woman He built to the man. This is God's way. He presents to man the greatest of gifts. Not like any other animal. The one that is like Him. And then we read, literally it says, as we read these words, in the Hebrew language it says, uh, of this one, of this one, it will be said woman. And the man names her woman, because notice, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She was taken out of the male. It is, these two words are interesting. The word for man is ish, and the word for female is isha. So just the uniqueness of the words themselves. You see, every man and woman. Have been designed by God and share the same body, soul, and spirit, but our bodies are unique in different ways. Our emotions and our relate and our experience, our rational thinking, our conscience—we have so much in common. And then we worship in spirit and in truth. We have we are designed for human companionship: men with women, women with men. That doesn't mean that we don't have friends that are male and if we're males and female, if we're females, but it's not the same. It doesn't link up and match, and males and females, men and women, share intimacy and love through marriage. This is God's design. Outside of marriage, no sexual intimacy. It's designed for marriage. And so males and females share these these important needs for each other. You see, it was not good for The man to be alone, it's not good for the woman to be alone. Oh, we have all of these things we grin about and laugh about, about the ability for each male or female to make it on their own. But the reality is God has not designed us to be that way. God has designed in creation for us to recognize what a man's like and how a man is to be and how a woman is and how she's to be. That's what we need to be doing when we are teaching our children children are born a man or a woman and that's the way you should bring up a child bringing up a child rearing a child as a male or a female some of us had a male and a female if you were blessed or males and females or perhaps whatever you've been around that there is such a difference in the way in which we deal with males and the difference we deal with females. There are some commonalities, but there are some things that are very, very unique. This is our design as a church. We want to honor God in the way He made us male and female. So we unapologetically say God created us, men and women, in His image, in order for us to be saved and accomplish the purposes of God. And so, this is the importance of what we've seen from these words today. Next week, I want to talk to you about men and women made to marry one another exclusively, but that's not for today. Now, what do we learn from this as we move on and prepare for the Lord's table? I just quickly would say a few things to you. I won't elaborate much, but remember this, God made you. I'm speaking to all of you hear my voice today. God made you sexually as a male or a female. You see, there's learned behavior from the perversion and twistedness of the world, I don't have to elaborate on it, that seeks to confuse people as to their sexual identity. You were born a man or a woman. So my point is this, live to the glory of God fully as a man or fully as a woman. Be a real man and be a real woman the way God designed you to be. Quit worrying about what other people in the culture think and live for God and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you as a male or as a female. You see, God made males for females and females for males. God made men for women and women for men. That is God's design. That is God's purpose. That's the way. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work to try to confuse that and to do what is not natural by design. And then we read these wonderful words in 24, which we'll, we'll see more about next week. A man leaves his father and mother. He clings to his woman wife and they become one flesh. This is the glory of God that a man and a woman meet each other are joined together in covenant marriage for life. I understand divorce. I recognize how divorce can take place in our world. It is never the design nor will of God for divorce to take place in a marriage. Man and woman married to one another for life. When divorce comes, we have guidelines from the Word of God to help us. But the standard of creation is this. This is now bone of my bones. This is now flesh of my flesh. Adam says, this one, it will be said, is woman. So man, male and female, have been created by God in His image to the praise of the glory of His grace. And this building today is filled with, with males and females, men and women, boys and girls, so that we might learn to live and honor God in the way in which He has made us. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us as a church to be all we can, all we can be, male and female, in the way in which God has designed us.